0: Welcome, welcome, travelers.
1: We're aware that your journey, journey was
2: difficult, but prepare, prepare to have your questions, questions answered, for so you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern.
0: And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? Today we have the awesome Ruben Bressler on Skype.
2: How's it going, Ruben? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. Excellent. Thank Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to being on the show finally. We've tried to do this uh, before a couple times and this is the first time it's actually come together. I know. You even like stayed at my apartment
0: at the end of I think, yeah. one of the SEGs and just like your ride left way too early. My ride was going to
2: leave me. Yeah. The one time that I, I live in Las Vegas and the one time that I actually decided to carpool instead of just drive myself – my ride was like yep we're leaving
1: (laughs) it's like the nature of magic tournaments right while
2: i was waiting at alex's job like i was just (laughs) hanging out in his lobby and they were like "Yep, we're gonna go Uh, no all right it's brutal so for,
0: for those guys who don't know who you are why don't you explain who you are tell the world
2: Sure. Uh, my name is Ruben Bressler. I'm better known as Mox Ruby on the interwebs. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, Facebook is is, is a, a popular social media site as well. Are you on, um, Perisco- are you on Periscope yet? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Don't 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 worry about it. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to getting back to me, um, I am a Magic: The Gathering and uh, other card game uh, broadcaster and commentator. I'm best known for my work with Star City Games and on the Open Series. I've also uh, commentated for um, Card Titan, uh, among other sites. Uh, I did one of the um, uh, nationals national team uh, tournaments, the one that Neil Oliver won to get on the national team. Um, I do Hearthstone commentary, and I've all, uh, this summer I'm working with 888 Poker, and I'm going to be the official uh, blogger and reporter for the main event of the World Series. So, basically, if it involves cards and trying to be smarter than your opponents uh, for a living, I can talk about it. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Speaking
0: of poker, because I'm going to steal this segue, everyone's going to Vegas sometime soon. Uh, And that's kind of what we're talking about today. We're actually talking about Modern Masters spoilers released. We all now know what's in this set. There's, you know, some controversy, some positives, some negatives. Um, So, first, before we get into that, I do want to mention to yell at us on Twitter. Ruben already said his Twitter. My tw- uh, the podcasters at the MM Cast will literally respond to you, either negatively or positively, depending on how nice you are.
1: Yeah, we to- get pretty into it. We're, like, super excited if you guys talk to us, and we'll just get right back to you, so it's great. We're like puppies
0: when you leave them at home, and you come there, and they're just, like, super excited to see you. That's our experience on Twitter.
2: <laughs> yeah. Getting noticed on
0: social media is great. Right. <laughs> um, so,
1: moving on. Uh, my s- the spoilers are up. What are you guys', what are you guys thoughts? Um, my, my first thoughts were like that they definitely went pretty top-heavy with the Mythics. Um, there was a couple cards missing that didn't really make a whole lot of sense why they would be, uh, but that ultimately the limited environment looks like it's going to be really, really awesome. That was like sort of my first thoughts.
2: I agree. I think that they balanced the limited environment. Now, the first Modern Masters was a great limited environment. It was a ton of fun, but Maybe there were the also best. some real stinkers in the limited environment, right. and some cards just never made it into decks. I can't really find a ton of real awful, always 15th pick cards. There's always going to be someone at the table, even if there's only like one out of eight people at the table that really wants Flare Husk or whatever. Right? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, That one guy really wants it. So, well, you even, know, I think and,
0: and Flare Husk, I would say, I mean, like not the nitpick on that one card, but I'd say like there are at least two deck
2: archetypes that are looking for that card. Yes, absolutely. And there are some stinkers. There are some cards that are going to have trouble getting into decks Um, like not, not a ton of folks are going to want to play alloy mirror, uh, you know, for, for example, uh, there's a couple of weird ones, but for the most part, I mean, I I could see myself playing an alloy mirror if I'm really hurting for some (laughs) color fixing, you know? So I think that everything is, uh, is pretty neat, especially for the, for the limited environment I like. Uh, I like what the set is doing. Yeah. From a from a card availability standpoint, however, I think they made some real misclicks on what cards are in this set. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's
0: kind of been the general theme for the whole, like, of the reviews of the set is like, oh, my God, this limited environment is awesome, but I don't want to spend, I don't think it's worth the $10 a pack they're asking for. And I think... Oh, it's definitely worth the $10 a pack. Right. I I do, uh, and, I do think yeah. part of that is comparing it to the first Modern Masters. Right. Where, like, that one was just, like, just because the uncommon slot in that was so filled with value, like $7 uncommons, that people were a little bit more excited. And now all of the value is, like, very much weighted at Mythic.
1: Well, you can definitely look and you can say, okay, uh, the big change between the first Modern Masters, we've talked about this ad nauseum already, but is that the, the Kamigawa dragons were mythics. That was, like, the biggest problem with the first set, is that from a from a cost-chasing perspective and from a competitive player perspective... There was much you,
0: bigger feel-bad moments.
1: Those, you, if you opened a mythic and it was, like, the blue dragon from Kamigawa, you were just like, ah, that's the worst thing ever. Now, there, there are definitely some things in the set, some rares, where you're going to feel kind of the same way, but at least you're not opening a mythic and feeling like, well, unless it's Comet Storm. But other than Comet Storm... <laughs> right, exactly.
2: I was going to say, Comet Storm is in this set, and that's kind of a feel-bad. There's, like... A couple of the Metalcraft rares, there's like Battle Grace Angels in this set yeah, for some right. reason. Like, there's some weird ones, but from a limited perspective, I think that all the rares make sense. You don't really need to make the epics make sense for a limited perspective. You don't oh, have yeah. to have a theme. Like, Bitter Blossom's in this set, and there's no fairy archetype this time around, but which is fine. There there's multiple token. token. Like, right, and and that's we'll, kind we of can get than, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: But before we, uh, you know, talking about comic Storm, I kind of want to go through, like, the weird, the bad, and the ugly, or the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some of the bad, like, there are some weird includes. Uh, like, I was talking to Josh uh, Lee Kui, who's um, on our sister podcast, and he's like heavily insulted that Daybreak Coronet is in the set without mm. any Whoa. other I mean like he's like, Oh great I open value, but there's no Auras in the set. There's one common Aura and it's the red one that gives haste.
1: <laughs> Doesn't really make any sense. That's a that's a that was a full on just like we're throwing you a bone because you guys need this card uh printing, which is annoying. Agreed. But then again, but then again, if you think about it, in standard environments, a lot of the time they'll print some card like uh meant well, for limited. That yeah, some card that's supposed to be a sideboard card. Like for instance when Stony Silence was in Innistrad, like you would open Stony Silence and you would be like, "Well, I'm never going to use this card in limited. This will never make it into my sideboard in a game."
0: Right. But I though, I mean, if they included Spider Umbra, like one of the Umbras yeah. at common, it becomes a like, "Oh, I can maybe play this in one out of five decks versus it's like literally unplayable in this format."
2: Sure. I think that they definitely could have had Spider Umbra and Hyena Umbra and Daybreak Coronet and called it a day. Like just have those three. because uh, those are those are the Umbras that are played in that Boggles deck anyway. Right. Uh, so I think that they could have they could have done that. But on the flip side, you know, if you you gotta kill your darlings sometimes. Right. You gotta make all the other archetypes work. Um, and so I think that, uh, that that's one of the things. But that is one of the highest value the good news is that's one of the highest value epics that you can open. It's oh, got yeah. new art. They're, the only printing before this was from Future Sight. Right. They're ridiculously difficult to find and well, even more expensive. I so. mean, Future
0: Sight packs aren't expensive to buy, right? You can just buy a bunch of those and open Oh, yeah. No, there's
2: no value in Future Sight <laughs> <Right>. at all.
0: <laughs> um, so, like, and then you mentioned Comet Storm. I mean, I think part of that is it's the one Mythic that's Mythic purely based off of limited reasons. Like that sure, card is yeah. nuts if you open it. So yeah. it can't really be at rare. And I think the other side of that is in this window of time, there aren't that many good mythics in red. Like are they gonna put coffin I think you right. that was
2: that's the kind of consideration that you would add. I mean we put in Tezzeret the Seeker, which is a really weird one to me. Um and you can also put in like uh Urebrasque Yeah uh so there are a couple other red cards that could have gotten considerations. I'm fine with having one fireball at mythic in a set like this, though. Right. It, it, it's
0: it's people are like angry about this one, but I'm like, look at the rest of the mythics and compare that to the last set where there was five dragons that are literally worth a dollar each.
1: I would. Right. <laughs> I, I honestly, if you were gonna print Common Storm because it's not gonna be worth anything, I think personally I would have printed Inferno Titan instead, just because you had already there's another Titan in the set. The problem with that is Inferno Titan's too good. In,
0: in limited, it like if you remember when it was in the M sets and you were drafting it, it literally won you the game if you opened it. You
2: yeah, won it was better game. than all the other titans. Like, we have primeval titan, and that's fine because in limited, you don't have any bonkers. Yeah, what are you gonna lands? do? Bounce, get your bounce lands back?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. Uh,
2: so, the the good mythics in terms of value in this set are Daybreak Coronet and anything that's uh has no colors. Well, Daybreak is a rare, so oh, Daybreak's a rare, yeah, Daybreak's oh, was a rare. Mythic. No, okay. no, no,
0: no. So, the sweet. the at Every, almost every Mythic is decent, like all of the gold ones. I mean, even Primeval Titan, which is probably the one that's been reprinted the most. But right. when you get to like the regular rares, you have Wiltleaf Liege, Full manner Mage, Spellskite, Noble Hierarch, and Splinter Twin. And then arguably, like there's almost one in every color combination. Cryptic, man. That's worth money. Yeah, and Cryptic. Like each color, if you look at it, almost has a cycle at Mythic and at rare, of value money.
1: One of the things that I think they did this time around that I thought was really, really smart, and I was happy to see them get outside of the box with this, was instead of feeling like they had to print a whole cycle, they broke cycles up. So it was really nice to see, you know, just Primeval Titan, Cryptic and Profane. Just Elish Norn. Right. right. Yeah, Yeah. as as opposed to wasting a bunch of slots for cards that ultimately, you know, they were fine when they got printed the first time. We just don't need them in this set.
0: Yeah, cycles are important for design, but not for drafting.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh for for the money rares I was really happy that they filled out a couple of the rares that hadn't seen printings recently at all and were starting to spike in value and are pretty popular in in various decks specifically noble hierarch leads the list yeah of course oh, yeah. Um, then but then there's also fulminator mage daybreak coronet as we mentioned Spellskite, Leyline of Sanctity is like yeah. twenty bucks. Yeah, it's, it was thirty. It's twenty now because it was reprinted. Yeah. So, so it's you know that's going to be a tilt to open, but then you're going to be like, hey, twenty dollar bill, right? You know? right so right, like right. even even the ones that you're upset that you're
1: opening, um, like there aren't a ton of Spellskites floating around, right? Well, and, and, I've yeah. gone on record as saying Spellskite is quite possibly the best card in modern. It's like <laughs> it's like my it's like pr- pretty much my favorite card that exists. It's really in modern. good. It's, like, so good. So the fact that that card is now being made more available to players I think is a great thing because I actually have, like, started many decks with just, like, four Spellskite, either in the main or the board, and then just go from there and figure it out. (laughs) It it fits into an alarming number of strategies. I mean, there's definitely – and Spellskite's decent. Like, I would play Spellskite
0: Unlimited. I'm not, like, super excited, but it definitely does, like, cancels out their removal and blocks
1: their aggressive creatures. Right, and it has four toughness. (laughs) <laughs> and it's a yeah, artifact man.
0: creature, and has friction
1: on it. <laughs> Could we all just like ask a real quick question though? Because so Ruben, I talk about uh, that card a lot. I also talk about Grand Architect quite a bit. Now, something I thought was really interesting is that they didn't print Grand Architect
0: in this. And that's, that's actually in my list of bad cards. Glaring hmm. missions was Grand Architect. No, Mostly but a joke it, on it you. would <laughs> fit.
1: It would really fit with what they were doing. A lot of the, a lot of the cards that are printed here that uh, that were good at the time that Architect was in Standard. Are going to be good in this environment. Architect would have made a lot of sense. Well, there's not really big artifacts you're playing. Uh, that doesn't really matter. It's it's like it it, it helps lord. you cast the smaller ones. And he's a lord. He's just yeah. He fills that rare slot that I, <laughs> I feel like. All right, he's maybe. not.
2: He w- he would make sense here. Um, I think the fact that there are so many. If if we didn't have all the Eldrazi's and instead had big worm coil engines and Sundering Titans, he would make more sense. True. Um, I certainly like him. You know, the 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 archetype for Affinity and Metalcraft could use a lord. Um, yeah, but I, I on the f- flip side, you know, you you gotta you gotta break a few eggs.
0: We yeah. get the we get the cooler metalcraft cards, like True. the ones that was mythic, the white one and the blue one. Uh, it's
1: also like stop trying to shoehorn Grand Architect in every deck you're playing and everything you're doing. Like <laughs> all I want to do is cast Surikar Spellblade and then vapor snag your creature and draw a card. Like nothing sounds sweeter to me than that. <laughs>
0: that was actually one of my like w- the weird includes is surak Spellblade.
2: Yeah, suricar spellblade is a weird one like no one wants Um, that card (laughs) no idea i'm not sure that i knew what that card uh did if you're not looking at the card right now by the way what's its creature type suricar yeah yes it's a suricar
0: yeah yeah. i I had suricar tribal back in the zendikar days don't you worry (laughs) did you uh
2: was it it for suricar spellblades and that's it No,
0: there was the one that bounced something, and if you controlled the swamp, I think. (laughs) Here's the
1: reason Surikar Spellblade is horrible in this limited environment. You're reprinting Electrolyze and Gutshot and it's yeah. a 2-1, and it doesn't get plus 1, plus 1 when you play a spell. If it got like a plus 1, plus 1 counter and another counter when you played a spell, that'd be one right, thing. Instead of getting charge counters, if it got uh, yeah. plus 1, plus 1 counters. I mean, I don't think the card would be unbalanced if you just made it get both. It gets a charge counter and a plus 1, plus 1 counter. Yeah, yeah It it's costs still, 3. It's still dying to everything. It's still 2-1 <laughs> right. for 3, yeah. So
2: I think that it's in the set, because we do have Phyrexian mana, so we can add charge counters to it the turn we play it. Yeah. And also we have Proliferate. So like, there's a cool, a couple little neat things you can do but at the end of the day it's a three mana two one that's going to get stonewalled by everything right i feel like there's just
0: has to be slightly cooler things to do with proliferate than
2: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah so i have i have a long list well first of all they uh i have a long list of of rares and mythics that they missed oh yeah i'm just gonna run through them real quick because i because i just want to get them off my brain Okay. A Johnny Vengeant, Crucible of Worlds, Oriok Champion, Horizon Canopy, All of the Filterlands, Damnation, Grove of the Burn Willows, Wrath of God, Oblivion Stone, Threads of Disloyalty, Door of Destinies, Bribery, Gadok Teague, Shatterstorm, and all of the non Elish Norn Priators. As well as uh, Goblin Guide. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, go- yeah, oh, you missed Sarah
0: Ascendant, Scapeshift, Goblin Guide, Goyo's Vengeance through the Breach, de- and grand architect, <laughs> yeah.
2: grand, grand architect. Now, the thing is that you can't put everything in oh yeah well, you just can't when I to, right. what i understand
0: right well i was gonna say is like when it comes to the mythic slots there's only 15 available so like yeah they're i i think they kind of knocked that one out of the part relatively because you had to have the eldrazi apparently which is fine because they're trying to set up the fall and reminding everyone who they are fine the there are so many rares that feel like there is huge misses on, and some of them feel like they're plants. Like I feel like they can't not print Goblin Guide in September, October. Yeah, like, I agree. It, and there are some, and like the more, yeah. But I mean, I think this lists, like, why is All Suns Dawn in the set and not Scape Shift? Or
1: why is <laughs> why is Spike Shot Elder in the set and not Goblin Guide? It doesn't make any sense. Well, I think sure. I'm, yeah,
0: unless they're reprint. Like some of these are like they're reprinting them soon.
1: Yeah, I mean it, that. There's a couple though that. That's just, why Thoughtseize and Mutavolt aren't in because yeah, they were reprinted recently. Right. So, okay, those are the rares. Now let's talk about, the, so you need rares, but let's talk about the cards that were just absolutely ridiculous, glaring, common, uncommon emissions. The biggest ones that come to mind for me are Gataxian Probe and Serum Visions. Those are like an Inquisition of Kozilek. Serum Visions Kozilek. is on my list. I think, I think the big ones, and I have a list Inquisition's here.
2: Inquisition's a good one.
0: Serum Visions, Avon, Mamiomancer, Inquisition of Kozilek, Spellshaper's Gift, the Merfolk, there's like a few of them, Might of Olcrosa, and Gataxian Probe.
1: Wait, wait, hang on, back up for a second. Spellshaper's Gift?
0: Yeah, it's the uh, one white mana search for an equipment. Oh, okay, and It's
1: then, like a $10 card,
0: and they have an equipment theme in the yeah. set.
1: You also said even uh, <laughs> Mimeomancer. You mean Mind Mindcensor. I do Mind mean Mind Mindcensor. Sorry, not, I
0: always say Mimeomancer, which is completely wrong. That is a 3-1. W- it
2: turns that's, other
1: things into 3-1s. Yeah, I know. It's that's amazing. a sweet card. If you play that de- if you play that in any the deck where you play great. like... Like, Hierarch into that, and then the next turn, hierarch to 3-1? Right, remember that would oh,
2: proliferate?
0: You can put the double the no, counter. Oh my <laughs> god.
2: I just love it. I don't think that works the way you want it
0: No, to. it doesn't do anything, but you have two sure. bird counters, or feather counters.
2: <laughs> the other one that they're missing is Urza lands, Yeah, yeah. Um, lands which would be sure. horrible for a limited format, so I understand why they didn't do it, unless they put them at common, which would be right. awful Or also. they put it in
0: every landslot, um, like... Uh, the Masters set. Yeah. Masters four. If, they, if instead of
2: uh, like they did, uh, like they just put – had a land slot that was either a Bounce Land or an Urza Land or whatever rare lands there are, or right. Dark Steel Citadel or something like that. But I think they're like all uncommon. Yeah. So you can't just put a fourth uncommon. Right. In the packs, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, Mind Sensor is a huge glaring omission, and Serum Visions is just pretty Pretty, in it. That's the biggest surprise to me is Serum Visions is missing. So, like, even Mind Sensor can come out in uh, Magic Origins. No problem. There's nothing
0: about it. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it does because it's not in this set as kind of a – they're thinking that they're going to print all ten fetches in the standard, and this will kind of put some play. In, in the works,
1: right? So I can oh, okay. see that
0: being reprinted. I also think the reason Inquisition of Kozilek is similar to Goblin Guide that's coming this fall.
1: You think both of those? I think I, fall, I think, I think
0: rotates out. Let's put Inquisition of Kozlek in. It's really cute and it's easy and it makes sense because Kozilek is, is on Ko- the set.
2: Kozlek is from that plane. Yeah, okay. he's, he's
0: an Eldrazi. So like, yeah, that's fair. It it makes sense when they don't print cards if you can look at a place that's coming but when is scry coming back we just left a plane with scry it'll yeah. be the it'll be it is already the most the mechanic that has been brought back the most scry has been brought back more than any other mechanic That means yeah, like, Scry's great but that means like they're gonna have to bring it back to reprint serum visions for a sixth
2: time <laughs> oh yeah that's a good point like before we yeah. see
0: cycling again or kicker or like good like buyback which would be awesome or flashback like there's so many mechanics i'd rather see than scry
1: <laughs> well i keep saying this too gutshot mutagenic growth where is he probe yeah, what's Tezzeret's the logic gambit. what's yeah. the logic between like i love Tezzeret gambit i'm a huge oh, fan too. of that card like it's one of my favorite magic cards but i don't understand how you skip Itaxian probe. so i, I think
0: a probe got skipped because they this set was finalized before it started seeing ubiquitous play in the format modern masters Two was basically finished by end of summer last year. So that was before cons came out and that was before Delve hit the scene. So Gitaxian Pro wasn't played nearly as much. That's another reason I think maybe Serum Visions wasn't printed. I think they were afraid they might have to ban it. I think mm. they knew Delve was coming. I think they were afraid, like Birthing Pod's not on this list. And the only reason it's not is because they had it on its watch list for being banned. And I think they were like, maybe we, Delve won't be too good and we'll just get rid of some of the good cantrips. And why, that's why none of the good. Peak is in here. Uh, not Peak. Um, what's the one that lets you put one on top and one on the bottom? Telling Time? No, no, for one blue mana. Oh, Sleight of Hands. So, yeah, Sleight of Hands on the set, Getaxian Probe, and Serum Visions. None of them. Yeah. And it might be because they were afraid that there might be complications in the future with one of those cards because of Delve.
2: Because
0: hmm. Delve just broke the, the magic world <laughs> all by itself
1: it's it's sweet the shadow mage infiltrator is back with like new art that's like not a card that ever sees play in modern but that's like such a sweet card
0: did you see the art uh did you see the article by uh um, by finkel by finkel yeah. talking about the return of the card they yeah get, they it's get like yeah
2: i'm super glad it's back but the card's horrible <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> he like talks about
0: how like bob mayer just made a better card and he's just like where was that one card that i made <laughs>
1: It's cute. <laughs> it's, if,
2: it's not good. If it was a 1-4, uh, it'd
1: be playable if it was a 1-4. Maybe. <laughs> it'd probably be playable if it was a 1-4. I, mean, I mean... I'd
2: almost... Yeah, I mean... Well, didn't it come out with Psychotog in the would, format? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. And the original reason why Psychotog started seeing play, actually, was because people didn't have copies of Shadow Mage Infiltrator uh, to test with, like, oh. when the set first came out. So then they put Psychotog in as proxies, and then they realized they could just kill their opponents instead of drawing a card.
1: Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that story. Quick aside about a one four that I'm paying attention to. That's in this set. I've thought about this before. Necroskitter is kind of sweet. Like there's there's like cool shenanigans you could probably do with Necroskitter. Right. There's enough yeah. cards that exist that put counters on things, and it's got four toughness. So I don't know. I mean that's I just I'm just like noticing that. I'm like, huh, this is interesting.
0: Well, uh, I, I was actually reading it like Chaz who we had on the yeah, yeah. the show the other day, like his review of the set and he mentioned like this was my pick as a sleeper for like casual circles. And yeah. then now that it's reprinted, it's like, well now it's just not gonna be worth anything ever.
2: <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. They also didn't print any of the infect stuff uh in Modern Masters right. too. Well if you Which you think at- is fine. But it's also a little surprising just because of how popular that deck is.
0: Yeah, well, part, part of it they mentioned, they actually tried and it just didn't fit into the limited environment. They like actively Fair. tried putting it as the green black architect and it just like didn't work. And yeah. but it, the other side of that is like there are weird cards like Might Croza that where else are you going to reprint this card? Right. And well, the
2: good news is we get Vines of the Vastwood, which true. is a card. True true. It's uh, card's good. Uh, Similar. Yeah, it's very good and doesn't have like any printings at all. Um, among the other good reprints, there were some misses, but we got Remand, we got Electrolyze, uh, Cranial Plating at Uncommon, which I think is necessary. Yeah, and, and then we also got Repeal, right? St- still, at, still at Common, um, which is which is great. Plus of the Vastwood, so we got we got some good money Commons and Uncommons, but right. not. Not everything. Well, so, yeah, in that same article I mentioned, Chaz
0: actually went and, like, compared the value of the high-end commons and uncommons from Modern Masters 1 and Modern Masters 2. And I'm sure just, it's not even close. It's a $15 difference. It's, yeah. So, like, in total, it's, like, $30 for this one, and it was 45 for the previous one. Well, you had Kitchen Finks, right. which was, like, $9 by itself. Oh, and Lightning Helix, and, and Eternal Lightning Witness, Hel- and... Yeah.
1: and <laughs> Do you guys find it interesting that they, they brought both Remand and Manalik in this set, but neither in the last... Hmm. That oh, is Mana interesting. Leak
0: wasn't available. Last set? Uh, Mana Leak wasn't in the sets that were in the window that they were releasing for Mas- Modern Masters 15. Mana right. Leak come- yeah, sorry, go ahead. Ma- uh, Modern Masters 15 only included up to Shards of Alara, and, and uh, Mana Leak oh, didn't come out Leak. until M11.
1: Ah, okay. so
0: But Mana Leak was in M11, and Lightning Bolt was in M10, and both of these sets. That's why Lightning Bolt also wasn't in the set. But gotcha. Spell Snare was. They kind of chose between the two counterspells they had available and printed Spell Snare, and now, now they're printing Romand. And
1: Leak.
0: And Leak, but like Leak's yeah. not... Leak wasn't a $10 counterspell. Leak is like a $0.30 counterspell because it's been reprinted so many 80 times. times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting.
1: Okay, uh, let's kind of move into the limited environment a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited. It looks awesome. This, it like Well, the last set was doing a lot of the things I like because I like graveyard shenanigans. This one's like all about... Like they literally said beforehand, just like New World Order doesn't exist. Everything's on the board. There's gonna yep. be 80 tokens in play. You're gonna have to deal with it.
1: Mm, I love it. I love. I love the amount of proliferate. I love how proliferate interacts with both planeswalkers and minus one, minus one counters and charge counters. Yeah, there are two archetypes that take advantage of it. There's blue-black
0: proliferate with minus one counters, and then there's wait, blue-black
2: what? Proliferate.
0: Right? it's easy
2: for you to say yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> and then blue green is graft which is a, yeah. like, which is the awesome simic mechanic mm. like they definitely I like how a lot of like even green black and green white kind of blend over where it's like tokens and then pumping them all or tokens yeah. and I'm sacrificing them for value um, it's definitely an awesome the way that they balance each of the colors and how they kind of interact
1: with each thing they're trying to do is really cool Oh, yeah. Swans is in the same set as Wildfire. I can just not even wait. I just, I, I just can't even control myself. I can't even contain myself.
2: Yeah, the the archetypes are – uh, I love the way that they do the archetypes for these specialty sets. Like, uh, you know, Modern Masters is the best example, but there's, you know, even Tempest Remastered. Oh, yeah. And like some of the specialty sets where they're just trying Conspiracy. to – put. Yeah. Conspiracy is another good one where they can put puzzles together out of pieces they have laying around to make something else, which I love. I think it's great. And the, the 10 archetypes this time around are some of them are similar to last time. Yeah. But we Blue have white. a lot of different ones. Yeah. Blue white is affinity. But now we have metal craft. Right? right. So we have. Uh, we have like uh, rusted relic in addition to our glint hawk idols and our somber hover guards. It, it's much more about uh, getting
0: that threshold versus before, which was just getting as much as you can as quickly as possible. Yeah.
2: court homunculus, ethereum sculptor, just kill you quickly affinity, right. as opposed to critical mass affinity, which was, or metal craft, which is what we have now.
0: But we're still going to be able to pull off three four fours. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to actually all like, why don't I go through each of the things and we'll comment on. So first is blue, white. Um, next is green-white, which is tokens, green-white tokens. Yep. They definitely, this is probably the other one that's most similar to the last set?
2: Right. Well, last set we had phthalids. Last set we had pallid mycoderms and phalid shell dwellers and actual um, stuff. We had that stuff. Right. This time they're like, all right, enough with the phthalids. We're just going to go whole hog on tokens. So now we got scatter the seeds. We have Fortify. Uh, we got a bunch of Convoke things. Uh, and this is I, this one's a clear uh, uh, upgrade for me in terms of power level. I think green-white will be a lot better. Oh, s-
0: yeah. I mean, last time it was almost – it was just you played green-white because you had good green-white cards. And you had just like some of the thalads had decent bodies for how much they cost. Yeah, if
2: you had the 4-4 four, for four, 4 uncommon right. and then the 4-4 f- for four, 5 uh, common, like those guys were just good by themselves. And right. it also gave you this bonus of having other phthalates. Yeah, it was just like just green white dudes most of the time that occasionally pooped out a one one. Right. now you've got a million tokens. I'm right.
1: super stoked on Nest Invader and Cov- and Kozlux Predator. Like I'm yes. really excited. Oh, Those cards yeah. are back in limited. Nest Invader is one of my favorite limited cards that I can remember in a while. I mean, they were both really had their moments in Eldra. Yeah, obviously.
0: Nest
2: Invader is great.
0: Well, that kind of brings us to so what's interesting is Red Green has two archetypes attached to it. It has. Green red eldrazi, but it also has like green red domain in a weird like if you don't get the Eldrazi you need, you can also do this other thing.
2: Right. And that's the eleventh archetype that was in the first Modern Masters and in this modern masters. Like last time we had tromp the domains, right? For our domain decks. And this time we've got like Mokta rioters.
0: Yeah, well there's like Uh, a bunch of like the phoenix that you need five colors of mana for right. like the the knight that you need five colors There's... yeah the knight that
2: turns into a dragon for five colors right and everybody and everybody wants rampant growth and everybody wants you yeah. know sky reach Manta. Yeah, you tribal. For those.
1: you have tribal flames they reprinted expedition map like they're they're kind of on that on yeah. that train a little bit and,
0: and what's interesting is they like in the last set every single color had one of the basic land
2: cyclers but now only red green kind of has access to those cards. right yeah, Traumatic Visions was, like, one of my favorite Magic cards ever, and it's not in this set, which is fine. <laughs> um, you know, it counters a spell or gets a land. What's not to love about that card? So, um, but yeah, this time around, it's a, it's a little bit more focused in red and green, which I think is fine. Yeah. Because uh, this time around, red-green is ramp anyway, like right. we have the fire, fiery fall ramp and growth stuff. Last time, red-green had, like, Suspend, I think, was their theme, or Storm. They had Red Green had, like Storm, yeah. Yeah, like Rift Elemental and a bunch of things that unsuspended. And then I so you could like being Blue-Red-Green Storm. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you just ended up playing all the arcane spells anyway from the Blue uh, stuff. But, you know, like, Rift Elemental was, like, their theme in the last Modern Masters. That's another one that's a s- just just very clear upgrade to this set because Red Green's going to have the easiest time casting their Ulamog's Crushers. And, oh, yeah. Artisans of Kozilek and whatever mythic you happen to open.
1: Crusher at Common back in Eldrazi was like so absurd. Such a shenanigans yeah. card to have exist. Uh, definitely sweet though, and, and very exciting to see it back. There's also just some old sort of fan favorites that, I, that exist that they printed that I'm just noticing as I'm going through. You know, Demir, Guildmage, cards like that that you just haven't seen around in a long time. They just oh, don't yeah. show up there. Well, that's very what they often. do.
0: They like kind of bring, because they allow you to play these archetypes that are, you know, they give you these 10 archetypes. And then they also give you other cards that you can kind of slightly build around or be able to use if you want yeah. to play with those instead. Um, speaking of some of these fun uncommons, uh, Green, Black, going from the green thing, the, continue the Eldrazi. So, like, they've done a lot of cool things with Eldrazi Spawn, and Green, Black is all about sacrificing tokens. So yeah. You have all these cool little effects, and this is probably my favorite. Of the different draft things, just because I like doing green, these black kind of things.
2: things that sacrifice,
1: yeah, mm.
0: yeah,
2: brooding <laughs> sauron, right, <laughs> Throne vampire, and mortar pod, too. You're gonna have to fight over your mortar pods with the uh, affinity and, to- and equipment people, oh, yeah, um, but yeah, black green sacrifice is a sweet archetype, and a, I, I'm sorry. But Dredge was horrible. Oh. Dredge was so bad. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> Dredge and, like, the, the Raven's Crime Worm Harvest engine was just not good enough in the last Modern yeah, you Masters. Just, you
0: just needed to get, uh, be in the domain version of the deck and have Noble, uh, not Noble Hierarch, Knight of the Reliquary, and just start swinging with
1: 2020 Knight of the Reliquaries. That was Pre- your mistake all strong along. for Necrogenesis <laughs> and Creekwood liege in a deck of mine. Like, just like, That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, I like that. or like the blue green mechanic for this is really interesting it's using the ability graft um which is kind of a weird middle point between evolve it's like reverse evolve with reverse outlast right where when a creature enters play they actually get smaller the creature that comes into play gets bigger and it has like the outlast mechanic of like lords that give all creatures with plus one plus one counters the same ability
1: right I always think it's really interesting when you see cards get reprinted that you remember as being houses in their in their day. Uh, the one that comes to mind on this subject is Cytoplast Rudkin, which mm-hmm. was like so good back in the day, but now it's been downgraded to uncommon. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a four four for four that does good things.
2: Right. And it's
0: yeah. uncommon now. Well p- part of that is to build these limited environments, like there aren't enough graft cards. It, at common and uncommon to build the entire format so you have to move some of the rares that like only really did stuff in those decks and aren't like powerhouses anywhere too
2: uncommon to let those draft work
1: really. i think that card's got to be a very very high pick if you're going in that and if you're going in that archetype it just oh seems yeah.
2: insane i think even if you're not in that archetype it's it's just good it's just a four 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 four, four that can <laughs> right. protect your guys and make them bigger you know you still got uh like aqua strand spider yeah. and helium squatter are all, both serviceable magic cards um, last time blue green didn't really hold together for me for a theme, like in the last, set, like, right. in the well, last was, modern masters, they had like suspend stuff also. It was right? They, they, they had like air the Yeah. They had air Yeah. Blue green was sort of the domain color, I guess, but like it didn't really hold together. Now there's a clear theme in blue green. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's cool because
0: um, it also plays off of... So Blue's bringing back Proliferate as kind of the main thing it's doing, which is, yeah. for those who don't know, it, it allows you to add a counter, an additional counter to any card that has a counter on it already. And to any permanent or player yeah, so in any a zone, player. and it's your choice. There's, no There's no poison effects, counters. No. There is no infect in the set. Yeah, Charge counters, True. poison
2: counters, Planeswalker,
0: loyalty counters, anything. What so, have you. It's really cool. And it works really well in the green-blue the green blue decks because it helps with the graft creatures and keeps making them bigger so that you get additional triggers. But then it also works really well in the blue-black deck, which is focused on that mechanic. And it's all about putting little minus-minus counters on things.
2: It also has corner case scenarios with, like, Skyreach Manta. Uh, you know, there's a couple of, uh, um, uh, of of other artifacts, like Sphere of the Suns, that have charge counters on them. So that the proliferate spells are going to find a home in every deck that they're in. Um, but they're all without, if you don't get to utilize the proliferate, they're all really underpowered. Like steady progress is three mana draw card proliferate. If right. You don't, if you don't take advantage of that proliferate, you're Instance speed drawing for three is one. not good. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, you could Una's grace and have it have retrace. You right, know but what I mean? If you got,
0: if you just have like a random etched Oracle in play, you would right. gained a ton more value than you originally would
2: have. And also the black red archetype is bloodthirst. Right. So they're going to have plus one, plus one counters. And your opponent's going to have minus one, minus one counters. And you're going to have, you know, random charge tokens on your spell (laughs)
1: blades. I've always been pretty curious about uh, Steady Progress. Like, that card is is too weak in any capacity to be playable in modern, actually. But, like, I've always wondered, like, is there... Are they going to eventually print some two-drop that you could tap out for that is just very, very powerful the more counters it gets where you could actually start to justify it? I mean, it's the same conversation you have with Tezzeret's Gambit where... You're like, if I can be drawing cards and also getting an entire card off of something. I mean, it just just has doesn't exist yet. Well, I think
0: back when Scars of Mira was out, a uh, Kibler wrote a whole article on Proliferate and this card was like a main focus on it. And yeah. the point is is like this card is good if you're drawing an entire card's worth of value or more from the Proliferate ability. Right. And until that happens, it's not good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's the same. It's kind of it's almost the same argument you make for Thrummingbird, really, and it's because it's too. The Thrumming Bird does
0: damage, and
1: you can put equipment on it in this set. So, like, no, no, but the... I'm not saying for modern constructed oh, modern oh, oh, as oh, a card. I just, right. I'm just noticing these cards getting thrown around the limited environment. Yo, know, you always wonder when you see them in Modern Masters. You're like, they have to while designing this, think, well, we want we want these cards to be in players' hands and to be on their radar for for like just having them. Right. And Thrummingbird is
0: probably the most powerful proliferate card. I want to say.
1: Probably. Other than maybe
0: Tezzeret's Gambit. Yeah. And what's cool about that, I mean, like, it's, I'm super excited about this. This is probably the other thing I'm really happy is back is the proliferate mechanic. Because, like, Mark Rosewater, when he was making Scars of Mirrodin, originally, like, had his, like both feet behind proliferate as, yeah. a, as a draft archetype. And development killed it. And that's why it was kind of just, like, mediocre, and blue was a mediocre color in general in that draft environment. And now we're finally going to get to see, like, how does this play when the format is meant and built around it being a playable mechanic?
1: Yeah, I mean, with Thrummingbird, I I do love the idea of playing it on turn two, laying, like, a Planeswalker 3. Tumble Magnet. Yeah. It's back. Yeah, that's my old standard. magnet. Loved it. Loved it. Um, Also, uh, so we'll move over quickly to uh, Blue-Red Elementals, uh, which is, is, like, pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. it seems it's, a little underpowered, but... Get
2: those incandescent soul stokes, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, think about this, all right? Last time, Blue Red had Arcane, all right? We were damp and people. Right. This right. time, at least we have, like, Aether Snipe has a home, incandescent soul stokes a thing, we have Blades right. of velisvel to take advantage of whatever bonuses we have, Smoke Braider is a huge deal. So, I think that... I think that well first of all this is a huge upgrade over the last blue red archetype right because uh, arcane was stone unplayable um but uh I like but yeah, at yeah least i'm, an I'm a little he with you <laughs> well i mean he can <laughs> he will
1: find a home with the the eight drops <laughs> right you know? right right so my my one question is this where where is training grounds in the set to pair with Soulbright flamekin to get your turn three ulamogs crusher that's what i want to know <laughs> That's all I've been wondering. That's all I've been wondering. The unlimited manas. You get eight mana on turn three with that combo. I feel like it's too good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like it's too Yeah, good. If, you,
2: if you go for the, the training grounds gambit, oh. it just pays off immediately. That's so sweet.
0: Um, so next, I would say, is uh, kind of speaking towards like, finishing the, the, the red countery stuff, uh, aggro, black red aggro. You mentioned it. it's bloodthirst. It's really just aggressive Black-Red, but because Bloodthirst is in the set and Black is also about proliferating, you can just kind of gain a lot of value randomly from different cards you're playing.
2: Goblin Fire Slinger is going to be the most important common for that archetype. It's able to just get through blockers, which Black-Red oftentimes has problems with. That was one of the big problems with Goblins in the last Modern Masters. Right. You know, they had, like, face vaulter, but you just, like, can't do anything you with get it outclass so you quickly. just get yeah you just outclass so quickly and just just get chumped by thalid tokens and right in and, this yeah
1: in this archetype uh just judging off of what you can see so far how high of a pick do you think ashenmore gouger is oh very that card's way
2: above the curve
1: i think that if you're in
2: black red um or even just mono red or mono black both of which are possible um i think that that card's really good you know four toughness on a three drop even if it can't block, is significantly higher above the curve than anything else anyone's doing until about turn four or five. Right. And by that point you can start putting counters on that guy or you know, do another you know, I don't
1: know. But that, that whole cycle back from uh, originally from Eventide, all the the triple, the three cost, uh yeah. hybrid guys, they were all really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. What Cavaliers and uh, what was Bogart Ram gang. Right.
2: Yep. Um, we
1: got the Hearthfire Hobgoblin in this
2: set, which reverse, we don't really yeah. get a great way to take advantage of, other than equipment. Well, but um, speaking of that, I mean that that is his like the red white deck is equipment, and I feel like true.
0: with the living um, weapon, living weapon, living weapons, like yeah, you can pick you can play equipment in a way that normally doesn't work, and that's I mean why I love living weapon, but you can like pick them more than just oh I, I guess it'll be my twenty third card if I have enough creatures. Now it's like oh this is a creature that if it dies I gain value from it. And that's where you get benefited with cards like um, the Goblin that has double strike, and
1: any of these like equipment themed cards. I mean, they get yeah, the I mean, Steel Axe. It's, it's, you don't have Bone Splitter this time around, but it's like the same kind of deal, right? And you have still got like, even, like Sickle Slicer is a
2: perfectly serviceable Magic card. You know, Kite Sail is a perfectly serviceable Magic card. But if you can draft around it and get your core duelist's, um, I'm trying. I'm, straining to think of other like creatures in this set that get better with the, uh, with the equipment.
0: There's, there's, uh, specifically, uh, there's, there's, um, sky hunter skirmisher is another double striker. Yeah. The one sun one spear Shikari. Oh, there's um,
2: bloodshot trainee in this set Bloodshot
0: trainees in the set. There's definitely spike, spike shot elder, which is one of the sweetest spike shot
2: elder is the big one. Yeah.
0: There's definitely a lot of little cute things you can do with just having the equipment. And like beyond that, there's a lot of just the white metal craft cards. Are yeah. going to and like Tajnar Swordsmith, which lets you just kind of search your library right. for the equipment. So like Spear Shikari
2: is a, is the is another white guy that uh, gets better when you have an equipment attached to it. So you know, you've yeah. got a lot of you, you got know. a lot of good guys that get better. And Tajnar Swordsmith is like uh, um, bad Stoneforge Mystic, right, right, right. right. Um, and then I guess lastly,
0: I think it is is uh, the Black White Spirits. Which is kind of playing. It's interesting because it's different than what it was in Innistrad block and what it would be with Innistrad, even though you know, lingering souls can't be in this set. But it plays a lot off of the Kamigawa spirits, which is a yes. completely different. Ty- it's not necessarily tokens. It's spirit tribal, so it's probably right. going to play more similar to the blue red elemental deck than very very much so than anything else.
2: It is and really also got. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. You've also got uh, changelings in this set. So you've got ghostly right. changeling that can help support either your elementals or your spirits. Nameless inversion. Um, Nameless inversion is another good one. Blades of Elisvel. Um You've got devouring greed, which I is like one of my favorite limited finishers of all time. Uh, you've got a couple guys with soul shift. Spectral possession makes spirits. You know, yep. you don't right. have lingering souls. But you got spectral possession. Right. Right. Kamigawa
1: well, spirits are also not always flying, right? Or they're, they're, they're never flying. Kamigawa spirits are colorless fly. on the ground.
2: Yeah, some of them fly. Like the blank guy, uh, the, the legend, flies. Okay. Uh,
1: something I,
0: uh, on that point I, I do I like more in this set. Yeah, he flies. Um, is I think one of the problems with the last M15, or sorry, not M15, Modern Masters, <laughs> was it was a little too reliant on Tribal.
2: Mm. There was, like, Mm.
0: five different, maybe six. Right. We had giants. Giants, uh, goblins, fairies, rebels. Rebels,
2: rebels, giants, thalads, fairies, goblins. I
0: think that's it. I think that's it. If we're missing one, tweet at us and we'll. So that's like the full,
2: <laughs> that's full half of the archetype. Yeah. This time around, you only have spirits and elementals.
0: Really. Right, which I definitely like because it, it's definitely. I mean, like, there's so, pseudo tribal, like, equipment's kind of tribal. Blue White yeah. Metalcraft is kind of tribal, but, like, at least then it's not as reliant on these cards that become useless. Like, the problem with Goblin Tribal was they were either really good or, like, at least playable with Goblins, but if you don't have Goblins, they were unplayable. Right. Same as the giant cards, to a certain extent. Here, at least, you have, like, the equipment's going to be playable either way, because you're getting a dude out of it, or it's going to make one of your other dudes better. You don't need all of the support that you normally would need. Yeah, so you can a question still... for
1: you guys. Where the hell is Coral Helm Commander, and why is Surikar Spellblade not just Coral Helm Commander? That's <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's the card it should be.
0: I, I did think it was interesting that there wasn't a single um, level-up card in the entire set. I know, but they, like, didn't
2: do, they didn't do any merfolk. With
1: proliferate? Yeah, any
0: merfolk. None of the merfolk deck is in here.
1: Nothing about
0: that guy makes Which any sense Which could have been white-blue. Like, they right. kind of just cheated and kept affinity of the thing. Well, I, I think what happened is they probably had merfolk as white-blue originally. And then when they were like, Scars of Mirrodin is pretty much all about metalcraft, and the only two colors it really is good in is this. is white and blue. And yeah. so they're yeah. just like, I don't know how to have both of these in. I If I were to also just pick the wild, crazy reason it might be true... It's possible that they're thinking of coming out, and I don't know how successful the first one was, but they might do it again, is another event deck, a modern event deck. And Merfolk is a pretty easy... That's a good point. It's a deck that doesn't really hurt anyone's wallet. Like, no one's like, oh man, like the best card they might print is like Aether Vial, and they might have like one or two, but that's an uncommon that they've already reprinted, so
1: it's not... The
2: rares are like Mutavolt... And ether vial, or like the expensive cards, yeah, and un- uncommon, and then like cryptic command, which is in this set,
1: right? Some decks don't even some, then, some of those
0: decks don't even play cryptic, and, and yeah, cryptic's not yeah. like you, like if it's just like spreading seas, the uncommon Merfolk, and. The common merfolk and maybe a few of the lords and coral helm commanders of Atlantis,
2: a coral commander, yeah,
0: that's, that'd be that'd be that'd work out well. That's like a seventy dollars deck right there. Like I'd spend seventy dollars and you'd pretty much get your value without like anyone being like, oh no, you reprinted Tarmogoyf in a set anyone can buy and I'm now out two hundred dollars. Speaking of, no, I don't have anything about Tarmogoyf, but yeah, no, I mean I think this set's pretty sweet. I don't I don't think that them printing a set like the last one makes sense. I think they wanted to print something that makes sense for the MSRP they're recommending. Yeah. yeah. I think last time they printed a set and they recommended an MRCP and then it like ended up being worth double that immediately at the gate. And I think that's not what they want. I think that's the opposite of what they want. They want people to buy product for how much they're saying it's worth.
2: And with that said, this is still a ton of value for your money. You're just comparing it to the most valuable set of all time. Of all time in right. 2 or 3 years modern masters 2 boxes will be still like $300. Well,
0: yeah, and I mean and if you look at so back to that article I mentioned that no one can read cuz it's behind a paywall, but I think it'll be <laughs> significantly more than $300. So, but what ended up happening yeah, is like if you average it out, the prices have already dropped cuz of spoils, and if you average the new prices out, it, you get about $10 a pack if you open a pack. Like the average of value of what can be in a pack is around $10, and that's the MSRP. That doesn't seem like an accident. Yeah. Like, Wizards is smart enough to be like, okay, these are the prices. Like, we have enough people working here that can do math. (laughs) If everything drops 20%, like last time, or maybe a little bit more than 20%, because we're assuming it'll drop more, because we're printing more of it, then it's going to be about $10. Perfect. That's the exact thing we want. All right, print, sold, go. It seems like
1: like there's definitely uh, less cards, though, that you really, really wanted to open at Common and Uncommon and are going to be stoked to have that you're getting in these packs, which is interesting, uh, just, yeah. just because, like... There's 25% less. Yeah, I just decided there's really only, like, three or four cards that exist in this entire spoiler that are actually good commons and uncommons, and the rest of them are kind of just limited chaff that well, we've had for years. Part of that
0: is also we're really tainted, because Mana Leak and Lightning Bolt are tier one cards. They're no, in the top ten cards, maybe, of each of their colors. So <laughs> che-
1: but they're so cheap. Right.
0: Money-wise, no. But in, like, importance to have in your modern collection... We've also been playing a while. For a new player, getting lightning bolts is not the easiest thing on it's the like planet. It's like a couple bucks
1: it's each. $3 each. Yeah, like yeah. that's not. Just go order on the website <laughs> and you just get <laughs> your a- cards. Works. Right, right, right. If we were being sponsored by a website, I would direct to a website. But
0: Ruben, are you <laughs> sponsored by a website? Of course not. Okay, so yeah, no, no one gets credit. <laughs> go go to eBay. I mean, look, I realize people don't have their.
1: I realize, like you know, if you want your Soulbright Flamekins, you probably have those lying around. But the reality of getting your. You're just right, kidding.
0: but there, there's definitely interesting cards. I think there's a few big misses. I think Serum Visions. Something has to come out with it, in it. Like the the it, it doesn't make sense. Whoops, it doesn't make sense for them not to print it without any reason behind it because it's so glaringly omitted. It's like an eight
1: dollar common.
0: Yeah. And just because it's old, and it's because they they banned better versions of it out of the format. It's like the lowest common denominator. <laughs> it's worth a bunch of money because of it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you had to expect they were they, they weren't. I don't think this was going to come out. We were all just gonna be like, they just completely nailed it and got every card that we all wanted. The perfect. Right, but the thing is, is, that was
0: a glaring omission from the first one too.
1: Yeah. It's so true.
0: and it was a glaring omission from Theros block. They've now had three chances to reprint that card. That all made sense, and they still haven't done it. And there has to be a reason
1: why. Paying thirty dollars for a place out of that card it's, is the, about as bad of the feel bads as it oh, gets. Oh, and I did
0: it as immediately as the spell was spoiled. I was like, "Well, that's the one card I was just like, well, I'm not going to buy it until it's or trade for it until it's reprinted because that'd be dumb." And then it wasn't reprinted. It's like, okay, I need to play these for Scape Shift. Yep. Uh. <laughs> yep. All right. So to wrap up, uh, before we get into. The ending of stuff. Twitter. We asked a question last episode what people thought Modern Masters and what they thought about it. And it's kind of a downer. A lot of people aren't super excited. But so, like, um, Jason. Do they not like fun? Yeah, I guess they don't like fun. At Jason Reeson uh, said he's glad he didn't pre-order a box, but he did register for a sealed. So he's excited to play the limited environment, but he he's glad he didn't just buy it for money value reasons. Right. Which, sure. Um, the next person. Uh, Nick Tapio, who is at Nick C. T. Bird. <laughs> said no serum visions in M- M15 is absurd.
2: It is absurd. It is pretty ridiculous. That's the biggest glaring omission for the set, I think.
1: You know, I'm going to just jump in really quickly. On the, on the notion that like, he's glad he didn't just buy the, buy the box, Like we've all played Magic a long time. When, other than Modern Masters 1, do you ever buy a box to open it for value? That's and it worked. Not, right. No, you don't do that. That's not how it works. They make the cards specifically in such a way that if you buy it and you open it, you will lose 20%. That's just the yeah. way that the cards are sold. Well, that, it, It's not
0: even how they're sold and it's not how it's designed. It's how the economy of it works. Because if it was more than a box, stores would just open boxes. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. <That's why laughs> Until I, it's no longer worth that much. That's That's like what people
1: are yeah. like. I don't, I don't I know why I don't just open this. It just makes no sense to me. It's like, why would you ever do that? Just play limited.
0: Right, which is what this set was made for.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, at Durkoc Durkoc XXL Merlin, we mentioned, we talked to him last yeah, week. Merlin's a good guy. Merlin's awesome. Uh, I'm very excited for all the Phyrexia Mana stuff. So here's a positive one because I stupidly traded those when they came out. Also, thanks for mentioning him. We
2: well, we're mentioned you again. We
1: mentioned you again. I love Phyrexia Mana. I'm with you I'm on board.
2: Yeah, I think that it's kind of uh, they they could have put the. Um, Blue Red Elementals in the last Modern Masters and then had Storm in this one, and it would have made a lot more sense because you have all these Phyrexian mana free spells. But, right. but you know, the, it didn't work out because Hindsight the whole... being 2020. But yeah, I'm super excited that we get uh we get Phyrexian mana. And and like our conversation earlier about Delve, Phyrexian Mana falls in the same category, which is whenever you make things uh uh that cost reduce at all, right. period, you need to decide if you're gonna ban them. Like twenty percent of of all Gitax, of all uh, Phyrexian mana spells and twenty percent of all Delve spells are just completely broken. Right. I don't know what you're talking about. Delve's a terrible mechanic. We'll never see play. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Delve isn't even magic. Yeah. Yeah. Delve is like, all right, I'll turn my library face up and have and you just vomit things onto the board. Yep. And your opponent's like, all right, second
1: land, go. But that's that tenuous relationship that design has where they're like, We want to make something that's exciting to you guys because you're going to see the power level being pushed, and we're going to sort of give you the unfair way of playing magic that you sort of wish we would, but we have to make it, you know, right on the edge because they don't want to just right. make boring things.
0: So now we're done with Twitter. We did last week say that. People should review us. And oh. people did. And there was actually winner. And there was controversy last week because we said <laughs> that Bach Wiz, who is our friend Austin, was the last reviewer, but ended up he somehow has hacked iTunes and he will be forever the last person to review. Uh. He's still at the bottom. I don't know how he did it, and it's weird that we know him. <laughs> but actually, EBird Cubed was the twentieth subscriber based on dates or reviewer. So he gets a pack out of a pack bag. We're gonna send them. Last week we also promised that the twenty-first one would get it also, and since we flubbed, you'll also get it. And that goes to MJ six.
1: And that goes to Bachwiz. How?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it. <laughs> well done, both, of the, both. So, what kind of pack do they get? Uh, it's it's a grab bag of packs that aren't in standard. So we bought a bunch, and it'll be. Oh okay. Yeah, bunch some of them some of them, some of them are not as expensive, as others, but they'll. It'll, there's they'll a be couple Modern Masters. One. Yeah, in we'll there. put yeah, and there's like a few Modern Masters too. Yeah. All right. There's some sweet stuff. Especially yeah, so they'll get something cool. Uh, reminder as always. And as we said last week, the, every tenth reviewer on iTunes gets a pack out of this cool pack bag. We bought ten packs, and they're in a bag. Uh, so that, every tenth pack, you get a thing on the review thing until we hit, like, 120, and then we'll, the bag's out. So that, that'll happen. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's fair. Please follow us on Twitter and tweet at us. I am at, or We are at the MMCast. I am at Kess Wiley. I am at Ben
1: Bateman Media on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. Is Ruben? it is it my turn?
2: Yes. I am at Mox Ruby. M-O-X-R-E-U-B-Y. It's a pun. You can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> um, also, tweet at us about
0: the question I'm asking right now. Are you going to GP Vegas? And if you are, do you want to hang out? Because <laughs> we want to hang out. Because we, we want to hang out with you guys. We'll be uh, spilling spells all day at the, at the tournament.
1: We'll be wearing 10-gallon hats. Wait, I made that no, joke No, 10-gallon
0: hat. You made it last <laughs> week. That joke has been overdone. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. And we will – thanks, Ruben, for coming on. And we will Thank you guys.
1: see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks for coming by, Ruben. Yep, see ya.
0: Thank you for your
1: attention.
0: For further inquiries, send an email to the mmcast at rocketjump.com.
1: See you later, alligator.